0: Don't make an assumption that if you just come to Silicon Valley, somebody is going to write the check.
1: Welcome to the Think India series of audio and video podcasts by Brand Capital International. This is the place where you're going to see top insiders, entrepreneurs and innovators who are going to come and share with us their secrets on how to build a company ground up and take it global. All coming from the hub of innovation, the Silicon Valley. Welcome to our Think India series from Brand Capital International. Today we introduce our guest, Mr. B.V. Jagdish. Presently, B.V. serves as managing partner of Kaj Ventures. Uh, he's been the founder and CTO of Exodus Communications. He is the one who introduced the concept of internet data centers. So,
0: B.V., good to meet you. Thank you. Happy to be here.
1: You've had a very successful journey. At the same time, you've had some rough patches, and you've overcome all of that.
0: Like, you know, most of the immigrants, it was always my dream to start my own company. After going through some iterations between 1987 and 1993, finally, I found a wonderful partner. Both of us quit our jobs and started Exodus Communications. We pioneered the concept of uh, internet data centers. This is a time when nobody understood internet and nobody understood the concept of having this whole internet in data centers. So we really had the best product at the right time. And fortunately, Tim Draper, who was a very early investor in a company called Hotmail, which actually was one of our very early customers as well. That was a first turning point for us. And when we got Hotmail, Hotmail was already fairly established. They brought in significant amount of technical expertise that we need to develop in order to support Hotmail property. And we took the company public in 1998. Somewhere around 98, 99 or so, uh, when Bill Clinton was the president of the United States, he actually named Exodus as a national asset. Wow because of the fact that we were running almost 45 to 50 percent of the world's internet content under the Exodus data center umbrella. So that's the kind of uh, importance that we had. Mid 2000, the company had grown to be around 4,000, 5,000 people. And at heart, I'm always like a startup kind of a person. And that is when I had funded NetScaler, which was to solve the internet growth issues, and I became the CEO of NetScaler. And Exodus went through some rough patches uh, because uh, once we left, the company went on to take significant amount of debt. It was hard to recoup from that. And during that time, when we were seeing this massive growth of Exodus, money had to somewhere come from to make the paychecks. To me, it was really heartbreaking to see uh, Exodus, which could have been much better than, you know, what you see today. That's part of our Silicon Valley journey. And then I did uh, NetScaler and then Citrix acquired us for 325. And I was there for several years to integrate NetScaler into Citrix. And I'm actually happy to say today NetScaler is actually the centerpiece of Citrix.
1: Fantastic. So I'll take you a little closer home when I talk about Think India to the audience internationally, not necessarily in India. What comes to your mind in the current environment? What do you think
0: about that? The challenge in India that has been at least until about five years ago is most entrepreneurs that I bump into in India, everybody wants to do yet another services kind of company. That's because of the success of all of these companies, which went on to become multi-billion dollars. A lot of people who had worked in these companies, people who have the experience, they see the gaps in their product line, and then that's how they go off and start other companies. So the good news is, at least in the last five years, the entire product development cycle. So like us, right, NetApp, Cisco, everybody else actually went and set up the outsourcing shops uh, out of India. And the talent that is coming out of these companies is now helping to create the next generation of products. There is a company in the valley right now called Druva, Yes. which was actually born out of India. Yes, That company uh, moved to Silicon Valley, which has now become a global company. And personally, myself, as an investor, I have several companies in India, all are product companies, and some are pretty revolutionary. You know, in a biomedical kind of field.
1: Happy to hear that you're investing in India in product companies because the perception is that there are not very many product companies in India, and very correctly, as you mentioned, a lot of Indian companies tend to either do a me too or a copy or are focused on 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 service industries now.
0: That's definitely changing. It's changing. It is definitely changing, and in fact, uh, uh, I funded a company called Flutura four four and a half years ago they went on to build a ai company for oil and natural gas and large machineries and it's a very very mission critical kind of a technology and the second one is a company called level networks mm-hmm. and level today connects thousands and thousands and thousands of branch offices right into the networking corporate networks and the third company is actually more revolutionary in the in the biotechnology today if you want to instantly measure the sugar level in your body then you have to prick yes get the blood blood out it's hard to actually make a determination on how your body is performing throughout the day so what these guys are doing is using near infrared rays this is really like cutting edge technology near infrared rays right a oximeter kind of a device which plugs into plugs your, finger. your finger finger yeah and measures the sugar level. So if we succeed in this, we would be perhaps one of the first companies in the world where you know you could measure your sugar level by just plugging into your finger and the data gets uploaded to cloud and you now have complete track record and nothing stops you from doing 100 times a day.
1: I meet a lot of founders. I meet a lot of innovators from India and a lot of them uh, actually come and say, hey, you know what? I want to incorporate my company in Delaware or in Silicon Valley. And I I want to move
0: out of India for various reasons, regulatory or whatever. Do you subscribe to that viewpoint? There are some advantages and disadvantages. If the company has to raise money from global investors, then the transparency that U.S. provides gives a comfort feeling to a global investor or more so a U.S. investor. So would you recommend... Let's say some of these Indian startups who are revolutionary,
1: as you mentioned, and obviously, in order to get the scale of investment uh, from outside the country and to keep in mind the transparency element you
0: talked about, would you advise them that they should try and incorporate the companies overseas? I mean, if not in the beginning, perhaps maybe over a period of time, the company can actually shift its uh, headquarters and register out of... That's one of my companies has done that. Okay. So initially, it was a India-based company. And for me, as a U.S. investor, it actually doesn't matter now because of the treaty that exists between U.S. and India. In fact, I... I funded back in 99, 2000 to create a mirror of Exodus in India, which is uh, Netmagic Solutions. I know about Netmagic. Yeah, which is one of the leading internet data center companies out of India. Do you still have investments in Netmagic? No, Netmagic got acquired by NTT. Okay. So I had an exit, a very good exit. Okay.
1: You've been there, done that. What are the three things that you would offer early stage companies and founders in India?
0: I think number one is for a first-time entrepreneur, raising money is still not easy. When you become more successful, then it becomes a lot easier. So don't make an assumption that if you just come to Silicon Valley, somebody is going to write the check. If you're really passionate about making it work, you can somehow build it like how we did. Bring it up to some level where the investor gets a little bit of confidence in you and in the product that you are building and the market. And that gives that confidence to raise the capital. So don't just give up just because you're not getting the funding. Point number two is keep your total focus from customer point of view. We tend to believe that, okay, I can build any product that I want and then I'm going to sell it to the customer. This is like, uh, you know, in the good old days, you build it, they will come. Unfortunately- <laughs> It doesn't is, happen. World is not like that anymore, right? Because if you are thinking of an idea, very likely there are 10 other entrepreneurs who are trying to think of the same idea to solve the same problem, right? You have to insert yourself right from day one right. in the customer shoes and figure out, what do I need to do from a user experience perspective? How do I make the product very easy? Those things should not be an afterthought. Number three is the financial discipline. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs, once they get the money, they somehow start thinking success at that time itself, Mm. which is not true. I mean, success is a never-ending process, right? It's a continuous learning, continuous evolution. And fortunately for many of these entrepreneurs today, there are many people like me who are willing to give the time and mentor. But you need to be ready to... Give the time and listen and don't become arrogant and don't Absolutely. don't think that you have already become successful.
1: Fabulous listening to you. Bibi, thank you so much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to uh, sit down and chat up with you and I look forward to talking to you further uh, outside this uh, little podcast of ours. Thank you this very much. really fun. Thank, thank you so you. much for thank having me. Thank you very me. much for coming in.